Hey guys, it's Andrea. I wanted to do a quick message before we jump into this week's episode with Ashley Lancaster. This episode of the Flourish Together podcast is a little bit longer than normal interviews with guests, but Ashley has a really important message to share. This episode is about infant loss and miscarriage and grief, and I just really appreciate Ashley's willing heart uh, and her vulnerability and her honesty in this episode. And I felt like it was really important to share this message. Ashley had a miscarriage a couple years ago. And then just most recently, within the last month and a half, um, experienced infant loss with her son, Reed, at uh, 22 weeks gestation. So this is a really emotional episode and a sensitive subject, but I really appreciate Ashley sharing these words with you guys and sharing with me and all of you guys as she walks through grief. A lot of times, I mentioned this in the episode, but it bears repeating again. A lot of times we hear about people's grief on the other side or when they've had a lot of time to process. But what I really appreciate about Ashley in this interview is she is walking through grief actively right now and in the midst of it. And this is not about having all the answers or fixing everything or having everything figured out, but this is about a journey and the honesty and the vulnerability that comes with what God has to show us through our pain and our grief. So thank you to Ashley for sharing sharing her story. And a big thank you to all you listeners. I know that you guys are going to glean something from this, whether you've experienced the same thing or not. Um, As we talk about in the episode, pain is pain and grief is grief. And we all experience that in different ways in different seasons of our life. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a really special one and um, enjoy guys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Today, I'm really excited to share with you my guest, Ashley Lancaster. Hi, Ashley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Ashley, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about you. Okay. I'm so happy to be here, first of all. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's an honor to be able to share and talk with you. Um, I'm Ashley. I am 33 years old, and I am married to my wonderful husband, Kurt, and we have, um, let's see, four children, and we have two with the Lord. So I'm a mother of six, and um, that's something that I'm still wrapping my mind around, and we'll talk a little bit about that, I think, um, in our conversation, but I am super honored to be here, and I love um, that we connected through social media, basically, um, YouTube, um, Instagram, and that's something that I'm a part of as well. I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different avenues, I guess you could say with sharing content and writing and, um, just sharing what's on my heart. I, I blogged for about 10 years actually. Um, and then just kind of wanted to explore different platforms, I guess you could say, um, just kind of organically sharing what I was into and what, the Lord was teaching me. And through that, I've, um, I kind of along the way, I think people have gotten invested in our family. And so I still enjoy sharing, um, in different platforms now. So that's, we're very involved in our church and I love being a mom. I'm a stay at home mom. So that's what I do. And we homeschool as well. So that's like another big part of my, um, life, 
but it's never boring around here. So <laughs> that's, that's my life right now. And I'm very thankful, very blessed. That's awesome. I am one of those like OG people. I first met you, met quotations, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. through your mm -hmm. blog. And one of the things Crazy. I just, I know that seems like forever ago. Cause I think right? we probably have been blogging like the same yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, I totally let blogging go for a really long time, about two right. years, mm -hmm. and then kind of resurrected it. I'm like, do I even know how to do this? No, really. And that's, I've thought about that so many times. People have asked me, like, do you ever want to blog again? Please blog in. And it's crazy because I think we have, you know, we've seen so much happen in 10 years, right? Like even with the blog culture and how moms are sharing with each other or how women are sharing in general. Um, I feel like the mommy blog thing was pretty big, um, which is how everyone, I think, or I got connected with so many people that I still follow today, but just mm -hmm. in different platforms. So it's really cool. I, I really am thankful for that season that I had for sure. Yeah. And I love how it's evolved too. And one of the things that I relate yeah. so well with you is that you love sharing content like I do across yeah. different platforms. And I think yeah. that's really fun. In different seasons, I've done different things. You know what I'm saying? Like when I don't have yeah. time to edit a full YouTube video, I'll share an Instagram story. You know, it's like, what do I have time to do? But I just kind of, I, I'm like you, I think you just kind of feel like, Hey, I want to share this. I want to talk about this. And, um, it kind of can come across in many different platforms, which is really, really cool. So, yeah. Do you feel like you get, cause sometimes I get like, people think I'm like all over the place. They're like, what are you doing right now? Like, and I'm just totally. like, I just love sharing where I love sharing. Totally. Yes. And I like, that's, what's been so funny is people will be like, Oh, I found you on YouTube or, Oh, I found you on my blog. I'm like, good grief. I really am all, <laughs> all over the place. But, um, like I said, I think it's a great thing just to have the options of sharing in different ways as it's, uh, good for you at the time, you know? And, um, I found that there's a community that kind of, you know, gathers and kind and just, you know, and we're in it together. And that's been really, really cool, especially in this recent season of my life. Um, having so many women in this community that I'm super humbled by, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. um, that people care about our family. And as you share, as you open up, people are then investing back in you. And, um, that's been super meaningful to me. And I'm just grateful for it. I'm really grateful for it. I love that. And I love that you said that. And one of the thing, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was because I do think it's so important as people to share our stories, um, mm. especially when we go through things, there's so much power and there's so much redemption and grace that God mm -hmm. uses when mm -hmm. we share our stories and when we're open yeah. and vulnerable with other people, they yeah. can see that and it, it can mean something for them too. I agree. I agree. Um, and it, it is, I think, um, and we'll talk, I'm sure about kind of what's happened in my life recently, but I've been in a super vulnerable time and, uh, of, of grief. And so I think, it, you know, it's been natural to me to share, I think because I've been sharing for so long and people have said to me, you know, I'm so appreciative of you sharing what's going on in your life. And my reply has always been, uh, it just feels natural and right to me and everyone handles things different ways, but I just, it's been very natural to me to talk about what's going on, but it's been in ways that I'm comfortable. And I think it's meant a lot to people and 
again, I'm really humbled by that, but, um, yeah, it, the Lord uses all different ways that we grieve and, you know, I might connect with someone that's, that needs to talk or that needs to write it out and needs to kind of grapple with it, you know, and some people are more private, but I'm just thankful, uh, to have so much of a community, uh, around me for prayer support and mm. just encouragement in this time for sure. Mm. So let's, let's get into that and talk yeah. a little bit about that. So was it two years ago that you experienced your miscarriage? Yes. Um, it was a couple of years ago that I experienced a miscarriage at 12 weeks. So it is considered, that was considered a later miscarriage mm-hmm. um, because I was, I just passed my first trimester. Um, and long story short, I did not know the gender of that baby for sure. We, we did not um, have the genetic testing done to confirm, but I really felt deep down that it was a little boy and we went through that miscarriage and I basically went in for a routine check and they discovered there was no heartbeat. And, uh, I was sitting in that room. I was waiting for my doctor to get ultrasound, um, ready but I knew the Lord spoke to me in that moment and I was sitting there that she, she was having trouble finding the heartbeat. So she said, let's do an ultrasound. So it wasn't 100% confirmed, but I was sitting alone in that room. And I remember over and over in my mind, the phrase, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I really felt the presence of the Holy spirit in that room with me. And, uh, you know, my husband was able thankfully to come and meet me at the appointment and be there for that ultrasound. And I will never forget just the shock and the devastation and the instant just uh, shattering grief. You know, you, you literally in one second, everything that you have dreamed about and prayed for, you feel like it's taken away from you. And I had never, my mom had experienced a miscarriage. Um, so I knew that, but you know, there wasn't, I, you know, I hadn't really, um, ever dealt with that so closely, obviously. And, um, throughout that time, I just remember being in deep, deep grief and we were so loved on and taken care of, um, by people that cared. And I remember feeling though with my miscarriage that there was not you know, there was just not a lot of closure. Like there was just, you know, it just all of a sudden was gone. Um, I had a DNC to, um, to finish up that process. So there was not, you know, a birth, there was not a natural end to that, you know, pregnancy. It was very like surgical, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of felt this lack of closure And I think the Holy Spirit, the Lord was so sweet to me in that process because I would just get these overwhelming, I just feel like words from the Lord. And I just knew that my baby was a boy. And what really helped me in that process was giving him a name. Kurt and I named him Samuel David. And we named him that because, um, of course, Samuel was the son of Hannah in the Bible. And she ached and prayed for that baby. And we had prayed for this baby. We were so excited to be expecting him. And so, um, you know, it was a uh, the Sunday after, I think it was the Sunday after 
I did not want to go to church. I did not want to go at all. Um, but I just felt that I should go. And on my way there, I was driving alone. Kurt had taken the kids um, the earlier hour. And so I was headed there by myself and on the way to church, on my way to worship. Um, the Lord just gave me his name. And I just knew I needed to name him Samuel because he was my baby that I truly gave back to God mm-hmm. um, in, in every way possible. Truly, he was not mine to raise or mine to keep there here on earth. I truly gave him back to the Lord, like Hannah dedicated Samuel back to the Lord. Um, and David, we chose that middle name because David in the Bible, when he lost his baby son, he said he cannot return to me, but one day I will go to him. And that scripture gives, I think, infinite hope to so many mothers who have lost their children, um, knowing that I won't be reunited with my baby here, but one day I'm going to be with him or her. And that is where my hope is. And that's where the promise is in God's word. And so that's the name that we chose for him. And um, I was very open in my grief with that process as well. But fast forward, it took me seven months to get pregnant again. And we um, gave birth to our beautiful son, Luke. And uh, he is now a little over a year old. And I was shocked a few months ago to find out that I was pregnant again. And uh, that was something that was not on our radar, but we very quickly, it took me a minute, you know, it took me a minute to wrap my mind around it. But I, we were so excited when we kind of got over the initial shock we just fully embraced the idea of having five children and um, to just kind of condense the story. I was almost 23 weeks pregnant. So about five, you know, almost six months pregnant. And I uh, felt really strong movement on a Wednesday from the baby. And we found out it was a little boy and we were so excited. And uh, I felt really strong movement from him. And then on Friday night, I realized, and this is not like me to really pick up on like baby movement that early. Um, but something told me, you know, he has not moved as much in the last couple of days. You have not felt him move. And I could not shake the feeling that something was wrong. And Kurt, my husband was working overnight, um, uh, at his job And I texted him, of course, and I was just like, I just have a feeling something's wrong. And then I had tried to find a heartbeat um, at home and could not find one. And so the next morning, uh, when Kurt got off work, we went to the hospital. And through a long, (laughs) see what felt like forever process, they did confirm that our little boy had gone to be with the Lord and had passed away. And again, we were sitting in that hospital room. And it was just so many ways that you can look back and see how the Lord was gracious. Um, But the whole floor of labor and delivery was empty on that Saturday, which is unheard of. And um, it was silent. It was completely quiet. And Kurt and I had about an hour or two alone just to sit there and process. And um, to backtrack a little bit, as we were walking into the hospital initially, Again, I felt this overwhelming word from the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The exact same overwhelming word that I had felt, you know, and that I'd heard with my miscarriage. And I just knew the Lord was preparing my heart. I just knew. 
And as we were sitting in that hospital room, we were really close to picking a name and we hadn't yet. But um, I looked at Kurt and I just, after they had told us that he was gone, I looked at him and I said, his name is Reed. And Kurt said, yeah, his name's Reed. Because that was the name that we had, you know, dance. It, it takes forever sometimes to pick a name. And at kid number yeah. five, you're like, you know, huh, we've, <laughs> kind of run out, we've kind of run out of our list here. So let's, you know, try to find one. And that was one that we had uh, said, that really sounds cute. And so in that moment, we named him. And um, I elected to do a C-section to deliver him. And I've had C-sections with all of my births. And we had to make really hard choices <laughs> um, to, because there was a risk of me not being able to have another baby, either direction, either way I chose. But we just kind of made the best decision in the moment that we could. And so we scheduled it for that night. So I went home, packed my things. We just didn't tell our kids um, that their little brother had passed away. And I packed my things and went back to the hospital, delivered um, Reed. And I was asleep during that procedure. And so initially, I did not think that I wanted to see the baby or hold the baby. I was too afraid. I was too worried emotionally. I was terrified. And I think I want to mention that because I think we all have very different responses to trauma. <laughs> and um, that was my initial response was, I cannot do it. I can't go there. And I delivered him around 5 p.m. on that Saturday. And I was, of course, you know, in my hospital room recovering. And I asked the nurse, uh, I said, uh, where is the baby? And she said, well, he's in the nursery. And when I heard her say that, every instinct in me just screamed to hold my baby. And so I asked her, I said, would you please bring him in for me to hold? And, uh, you know, Kurt was very supportive, you know, which he was kind of like, you know, which, whatever you need, whatever we, you know, you think that we need to do. And so they wheeled him in and he was in the sweetest little white hat and uh, wrapped in a little blanket and tiny, tiny little baby. 23, 22, almost 23 weeks gestation, but perfectly formed. And I held him and fell in love with that little boy. And, um, and Kurt was next to me and we just stared at him and just fell in love with this precious little baby. That was our, that's our son. And, um, he looked like his siblings, you know, already at 22 weeks. And I held him all night. I slept with him in my arms. Um, and we had to have really tough conversations with the funeral home and all these things that you never imagine doing. Um, but, you know, the, the long and short of it is that, you know, I told Kurt, I said, I know that his spirit's with the Lord, but I just want to hold on to him. I just want to keep him with me. I want to hold him and not let go. And um, ultimately, that time came, you know, to, to say goodbye to our little boy. And um, that's just a, 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 something that you truly cannot prepare yourself for. And um, but I, I do just looking at it now, and even then I sensed, Jesus himself just in that room with us, grieving with us because we live in this broken world. Um, 
but I just sensed his presence so strongly. And um, in the next couple of days, you know, we, we made burial arrangements, all these things. But I, so I, it's so fresh. I mean, that was on March 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's only been a few weeks. And so I really am like in the middle of the grief. I mean, I am like in it. And I definitely have seen forward progress. Um, but it's still very, very raw. Um, I miss him every day. I always will. Um, but having experienced both miscarriage and, you know, basically preterm or, you know, like preterm loss, you know, late, late pregnancy loss, very similar, yet very different. So that's been something I've been processing a lot for sure. I told you this before we started and before we hit record, but I I appreciate you being willing to share your story in this way. You've been sharing, you know, bits and pieces of you and your husband's journey through grief and through your loss um, in your own way through your social media. But I think that it's important for women that are listening out there who've experienced something similar or the same. Mm -hmm. And even those women like myself, I struggled with infertility yes. for, for a long time. Yes. And it's, I think that, um, infertility and miscarriage and infant loss there, the like common thread is exactly loss. You, you grieve, yes. you grieve loss in different ways. You know, yes. when, when I struggle with infertility, I grieve the loss of feeling like my body didn't work like everybody else's. And Absolutely. Uh-huh. Not ever knowing if I was going to have a child. Right. Um, and so while, although different, same, similar. Very same. much, very much. And I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning about this and she went through IVF. Mm-hmm. She went through infertility, um, just recently gave birth to her little girl. Um, but I told her, I said, I really do sense this, like, not, message, but kind of the, the theme that keeps going through my mind that I think people might be able to, to pull from this or that I've pulled from this is pain is pain. Loss yeah. is loss. And I think, especially as women, I think we either have two, you know, so often we have two, one of two responses. Either we struggle to understand like, well, my pain, like, well, at least I didn't go through this. Like my pain is so much bigger. Like, I don't understand why they're grieving like they are because I, you know, and that's, that's can be a normal response or we say, you know, well, I mean, they had it worse. So maybe I shouldn't feel as bad about my pain or my loss. I mean, they lost a older child or whatever. I think that women often really struggle with, you know, just sitting in their own grief and their own journey and saying like, I lost something. I'm traumatized. My body and my spirit have gone through severe trauma. Yeah. And and sitting with it and and looking at how, you know, like how it's all connected, like you said. And I told my friend, you know, whenever I went through even just the seven months of struggling to get pregnant with Luke after my miscarriage, it yeah, it was not years of infertility, mm-hmm. but it helped me dial in a little bit to my friends that were in that journey or that had gone through that where every single month you hate your cycle 
Like every single month you're praying, you know, for the positive test. And I experienced that for a few months and sure it wasn't as long as some of their journeys were, but it really helped me tune in to their pain and their loss. And even, you know, I have not lost a parent, thank the Lord at this point in my life, but I have a friend who recently lost her father, a couple of friends and, you know, thinking through, okay, what has helped me, you know, in my grief, how have I tried, you know, what's been helpful to me in dealing with losing my son Mm -hmm. and it helps me kind of try to know what to say to them, you know, I mean, because Mm -hmm. pain is pain and, and it's, it's crippling and it can be shattering. And, um, I think that that's something that the Lord can use is once we get our, our minds around the fact that we are all going through really hard stuff mm-hmm. and, and it really helps you connect with other people and uh, tune into their story, you know, on a different level. And, you know, I have closure with Reed's story that I did not get with my miscarriage, but I, there's also things about my miscarriage that I, that I got that I didn't get with Reed. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just differences and, but it's pain and it's loss and it's grief. And, um, I think that that's been something I've learned through this is really like helping people just say like, Hey, you're hurting. I'm hurting. And it's all valid. It is all yeah. valid. And God sees all of it. And there's not a hierarchy of grief mm-hmm. or yeah. who deserves to grieve more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been a big part of my process is because I've experienced both of those things. Yeah. And I love that you said that what you just said about there's no hierarchy in grief, yeah. because I think that in our like humanness and our human yes. nature, we naturally want to categorize label, make mm-hmm. sense of it. And I, I was having a conversation, I mean, a year ago. I went through a really hard season and Mm -hmm. I was telling a friend that sometimes you just want to sit in the weight of your sorrow and know that God is so good. That's right. And some I've, and and since that like difficult season of my life, I've seen people's pain and Mm -hmm. their difficult seasons in such a different light. And sometimes, I mean, I don't think we should just sit there and never move forward, but I think Mm -hmm. there's a season with people that are close to us or not close to us, people that are in grief and pain, that Mm -hmm. they need to sit there and process it in their own way. And we shouldn't try to rush them or make them be here or there because everyone deals with it. So that's right. I was just watching, uh, this is us. I mean, who doesn't, right. That's like in America. Um, (laughs) but I was catching up. I'm super behind and I was catching up and, um, Rebecca, the mom, um, in one of these episodes was talking with her daughter and, um, she was talking about losing her husband and, uh, Jack, of course. And that's his name, right? I want to make sure I got his yep. name right. Um, but she said something that I thought was so good. She said, you know, for a while I hated calendars and clocks, like anything that marked the passage of time. I hated it because it meant that I was moving further away from, from him and like the freshness of it. And, um, 
it was, it was just horrible to feel life going forward, you know, in the passage of time. But then she was bringing it all back to now her daughter, you know, has waited so long to have a baby. And she said, I'm so proud of you, but you, you know, you're, you're doing so much. You're about to have this baby. And she said, I'm, I'm so happy to see this because it's not because time has dictated that you should do something. It's because you were ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was such a good word on grief because there's not a timeline on when you should be doing things. And it has to be in the Lord's timing, I would say, you know, as a Christian, I would, you know, frame that through that worldview, but right. And also when we're ready, when we're human, humanly ready to do certain things, like I had to trust the Lord's timing and his, you know, I had to trust him to equip me to decide where to bury my son. I had to trust him to just equip me to know when it was right to go to his grave. Um, all these different things you know, that have been along the way, these hurdles, um, to kind of overcome, you know, when do I open his box of hospital things, you know, to go through and it has to be in his sovereignty that he has equipped you, you know, because in my humanness, I, I I can't. And it's been minute by minute. I tell people it truly is minute by minute every day. And it's going to look different, you know, and the grief some days is right an inch from my nose, right in front of my eyes where I can't see anything else. Other days, it's just more on my periphery, but it's always there. And I think that it's totally okay to, to have it vary each day and minute by minute of every day. Um, and I'm very honest. I try to just be honest with people about where I am. I don't say I'm okay if I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, big, that's a big thing is just decide to be honest about where you are, um, not just in grief, but with anything, mm-hmm. just be honest. Yeah, for sure. How have you and your husband, Kurt, seen the community, your friends, your family come alongside you guys during this season that you're in right oh, now? Man. Um, the prayers, the just text, people just checking on us, bringing meals, um, sending cards, really just um, knowing that there's a community of believers that is supporting us and praying for us when we don't even have words to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, that's been super powerful. And when, when we were in the hospital holding Reed right before we had to say goodbye to him, I told Kurt, I looked at him and I said, I think we should pray. I said, I just feel like we should pray or something. Of course, this is all like through, you know, we were both just loudly weeping and sobbing and all he could get out. He said, the Lord knows the Lord knows. And meaning we can't even formulate a prayer Mm -hmm. right now. It's too like saying anything out loud hurts. Yeah. Um, but the Lord knows and he sees all of it. And knowing that people have been praying for us when we sometimes often (laughs) cannot even formulate what to pray. Um, That's been just amazing and such a gift. And um, people just remembering, read, honoring him. Um, 
talking about him, you know, just showing so much care and support. I think it just helps to know that my son's life mattered and made an impact and people will remember. Um, so it's just been, you know, seeing my friends, just how they've shown up. Um, you just, you know, it's in these moments when you really see your community and you see, you know, that's a buzzword. I feel like lately, you know, Ooh, community, yeah. blah, but you know, it's true. It is true. And it's like, it's who you're doing life with. And like, that's the good stuff. And that's the really hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've been to funerals of my, you know, friends, parents recently. I've, you know, all these different things that you're like, we're, we're starting to walk through, you know, not that you don't experience hard stuff when you're younger, but you know, like as you're getting older and walking through life, you just have a lot more, you know, yeah under your belt that you've dealt with, that you're dealing with and that you're walking through and it's complex stuff. It is not easy stuff to walk through and spiritually there's a lot to grapple with and there's a lot to wrestle with. And, um, I think being surrounded by grounded people who are in, you know, the same belief system as you, as far as, you know, just them being able to pray with you in the way yeah. that, you know, in that similar belief system, but I've had people reach out to me that are atheists, you know, that don't share my same belief, but they're showing up in the way they know how, and that is precious to me. I mean, I, I, that is just, um, it's the biggest gift, you know, when I can't even formulate words, I can't show up to things. I can't do anything. They're doing it for me. And, um, it's just been really, really sweet. Yeah. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Um, thank you for sharing that, Ashley. I really appreciate it. I really yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. your honesty and the vulnerability that you have. Yeah. Sharing. Um, going to transition a little yeah. bit. Um, I don't know. Sometime last year, mm -hmm. I think it was, I saw you talking about this on an Instagram story and I was like, Yes, I want her to share to share about this. And you were talking about just this idea as women of um, having confidence within yourself and yeah. finding things that you love and basically yeah. just like going at it, do it, course, and do yeah. it, and like don't apologize for it. And right. when I was watching your Instagram stories, I was like talk like I was talking to you. I know you couldn't hear me, but I was like, <laughs> yes, Ashley, this is a message that women need to hear and like, believe it. Um, because there's been times in my life where I have liked X, Y, and Z, or like, mm -hmm. I love to dress up. I am like a yeah. girly dress person. And there have been yeah. times in my life where I have felt like just just too much, but, yes. but it just was so me. And I felt like there were parts of my personality that I felt like right. I had to stifle. Can right. you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that when I turned 30, that's whenever I really like saw a complete change in myself, a complete change of mindset. And a big part of that was reading So Long Insecurity by Beth Moore. Tremendous book, tremendous book. Um, I read that, but I also had emotional stuff I needed to work through mm -hmm. and I was being held back by a lot emotionally. Um, and I read Lord, I want to be whole, um, by Peter Cascarzo. I need, I, Cascarzo, I need to let you know the, um, source for that, but Lord, I, um, Lord, I want to be whole is by Stormy O'Mardian. And then 
emotionally healthy oh, yes. spirituality. I was say, yes, that's is by Peter. Him. Yeah, yes. that's an awesome book. Yes. Um, and so those were two books that I read that really completely changed my mindset emotionally. And so the aftermath of that was me really just settling into myself yeah. and really seeing, okay, I think a lot of us could say, like, if you're listening to this podcast, we're probably all like, we would define ourselves first and foremost as believers. You know, we are, you know, most of us probably have a strong belief system that we claim. And I think that a lot of women feel like they need to stop there. Like mm -hmm. I like, well, I'm a Christian. Like that's all I, you know, that's, that's what I am. Like it's bad to like be defined by something other than that. And I do think that our 100% primary identity is in Christ and, and we should completely, um, walk in that and we should not diminish that in any way all my position is though alongside that and under that <laughs> we should be really developing you know who we are and who he's created us to be and you know even if it's trivial stuff i mean i feel like yes there is a you know we need to be definitely coming under god's word as authority and I don't think that gives us license to do whatever we want by any means. Mm -hmm. But I think it is amazing to see women, especially say, you know what? I love wearing bright lipstick and that's what I do. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think that so many people sometimes like even on little stuff like that, they're like, Oh, is it too much? Like, I don't want to call yeah. attention to myself. I don't yeah. want to whatever. And I have just seen people really respond. Like when I like show how to do my makeup or I, you know, talk about getting a spray tan. I mean, people just like, that's what I love about social media and YouTube and sharing content is that women are like just seeing how other women do life. Yeah. Like, how do you do life? And there are so many times when I have been so inspired by watching other people do life. And it encourages me to maybe try something different or maybe I'll discover something I love. And when we are, you know, learning from others and not being threatened by others, that's yeah. a completely freeing mindset. You know, when you're saying, you know, like I think that story that I was talking about that with, I was talking about like wearing false eyelashes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And a friend of mine um, is a former Texas pageant queen. Okay. When, when a Texas pageant queen tells you the certain kind of lashes to get, like you listen, okay. There's just like certain people. It's like, I'm going to trust what she says to me about false eyelashes. Cause she rocks them out and she's the most gorgeous, you know? And people were just like loving the false eyelash thing. And they were like, wow, do you like, do you wear those to the grocery store? And it's like, sometimes if I want to, I want to, or if I'm just staying home all day, I will sometimes put on the eyelashes because I feel pretty in the eyelashes and you know, I don't want to go way too deep with this, but it really is just like, find what you love and own it and do it. And, um, I think people really respond to individuality. I think in this right now, it is so refreshing to see people do their own thing. Like if you love to wear like vintage t-shirts and that's your thing, like, do it. And like, you know, just, that's a random example, but I just think yeah. it's super fun and it gives you 
um, you know, it's just exciting to, to discover who you are, you know, because yes, I am a wife and mom and I, you know, I love the Lord dearly. Um, and, but I also, along with those things, I, there's just certain things that I really enjoy, you know? And I think that sometimes we think we're too much or that we are going to like really intimidate people. And a biblical teacher that I love is Felicia Masonheimer. Mm-hmm. And she um, talked recently about, you know, like, what if you come across as intimidating? Like I, you know, she was very often, you know, perceived as intimidating. And she wrote this great article about it. And I think that that's, a, that's something to really like delve into and discuss and think about, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, and yes, I do think that there should be a humble spirit about us as believers. And I think that that's something that we need to really, um, you know, not let go of. I do think that there is a responsibility there as, as Christian women, but that does not mean that you are putting aside what's important to you or what you love. You know, for me, I love making music. I love singing. I, you know, I sing, um, music often. It's been something I love to do. I love makeup. I enjoy, you know, finding cute stuff to wear. And I just think that that's, those are things that can be done as Christian women, as long as it's not, you don't swap the priorities and you don't, you know, start to put that above Right. You know, what comes first, which is, which is our walk with the Lord, because when that falls online, everything else falls online. But I do think that we can still have fun, you know, like we can have fun and we can, um, find what makes us tick and enjoy it. Yeah. And sure. I think what I take away from this conversation and even before when I was mm-hmm. watching it through your Instagram stories is that it doesn't have to be one or the other just right. because we're Christian women those things that, that you love, they can coexist even in your beliefs. Like you said, as long as they don't take the pride, the priority or the place, they don't become an idol. Right. Um, Right. I think that that's such a good thing for women to hear because God made us creative and he made us, you know, love different things. And that's so okay. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about too, that popped into my head, it's like, you are a brand. Like, Think of it in that term, like what's the Ashley brand? And that may be really weird for some people like to think about or think that it's being like, Ooh, that's too, like, is that me being like full of myself or whatever? And all I mean by that is, you know, like consider it a fun thing to discover what you love and, and what you're about mm-hmm. because you know, when you're, because you know, there's connection. Like when I find, you know, in music or in other women that enjoy certain things, but it's all can be used as a platform ultimately for Christ. Really? I mean, that sounds kind of silly, but I think that's how the Lord can use us is through these platforms, through these avenues that we enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we can also make an impact for Christ. And that sounds kind of churchy. I mean, I, you know, like I know that, but relational, like evangelism, if you want to call it that, like I have totally found that to be true, you know, connecting with women, connecting with people. And then you're able to have really natural organic conversations about the Lord. And when you're a Christian, that's what we're about. Right. And I, but you're exactly right. It can go hand in hand. And I think that as long as 
you know, you keep the main thing, the main thing, so to speak, um, then that it's a great tool. It's a great thing. And I think that the Lord has uniquely created us and that should be celebrated for sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, okay. One last question. I always ask all my guests, uh, who or what is helping you flourish right now in life and in the season that you're in? Okay. So you told me this, you know, we were talking kind of prepping for this and I really actually had to kind of grapple with this question because when you hear the word flourish, it's thriving, right? It's like really like doing great or, you know, like you're, you're growing and you're, you know, you're in this, I think that's what we associate the word flourish with. Right. Um, and right now I am truly in a season of just being sustained minute by minute. And I, you know, I think that the kind of churchy thing to say would be, well, I'm flourishing in my suffering because da, 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 da. you know, I mean, that's, but honestly, that's not honesty. Like, and I, I think people don't want to hear that. I think it's more helpful to, you know, for people to hear where, where we honestly are yeah. and where I am is I feel the Lord equipping me and sustaining me every minute of every day. That is how I get out of bed in my grief and in this season of like intense loss. He, he is getting me out of bed. He is, you know, equipping me to function, <laughs> um, a lot, you know, along with other tools, um, thankfully, but as far as a bit, because he is sustaining me, I trust that I will come to a place of flourishing because I've been in, the, I, I think we are in different seasons of life and I think we go through chapters mm-hmm. and I think that we can't appreciate flourishing unless we've been in a difficult season. And, you know, we talked about community friends, my, you know, my marriage has um, grown tremendously through this uh, loss and this grief. And that's a blessing that I can actually look and say, like, you know, I never would want to go through this. I would never choose to lose my child, mm-hmm. but I see, I can already just what three and a half weeks out of it. I can see how the Lord has, you know, given me blessing in the, in the midst of it. And he is, um, continuing to take care of me. And so I think that in those seasons where we don't feel like we're flourishing, we have to continue to walk in that faith. And my dad has, you know, has always said to me, you know, your faith, your walk with the Lord up to this point has prepared you for this moment (laughs) when you've, you're in a crisis of faith basically, and you're having to decide, you know, do I believe what I've always said that I believe? Do I believe that God, you know, is who he says that he is? And that's a tough spot to be in. And I'll, I can be very honest and say that there have been definite moments of wrestling. Um, but ultimately coming back to, you know, your word is truth. That, you know, where it says that in scripture and believing that his word is truth. And so I have to believe that in this season of struggle or grief that he is preparing me to totally move into 
you know, another season where I can then bless others even more and, and share my story and, and, um, share what he's done for me. And, and that's what I have to trust and believe. And so as far as flourishing and thriving, um, we will be in different seasons. If, if I'm making sense, I think that yeah. we go through hard seasons so that we can appreciate, you know, being in on the other side. And when I say the other side, I mean that the pain is, is less, uh, stinging, you know, and, and we can think on it without that, that slicing, cutting sting. Um, we always carry it and that's okay. But mm-hmm. even in seasons of flourishing, you know, down the road and I'll carry that, that grief, it'll be through a lens of seeing how much God has used it and, and redeemed it. And, um, that's where I am. That's I'm in that season of trusting the Lord. Um, and that's not easy, (laughs) you know, that is a day to day minute to minute process, Mm -hmm. but I'm thankful, um, for his care and how he has truly taken care of me and my family even when it's been really hard and I've, I've cried and asked him so many questions, you know, and being conversational with the Lord, um, I think is what's really important in these seasons of struggle, because then you can really see how he is walking you through it into a season of truly, you know, flourishing. I love that. And I think what you said is perfect for where you're at, because I think the honesty and the, surrender to the Lord, like you said, it brings the flourishing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I trust that to be true, even if I can't feel it right now. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing. If anyone wants to connect with you after this episode, where can they find you online? Okay. So my Instagram is ashlancaster 85 and you probably will have like resources, right? Posted somewhere that they can, yeah, click on. Um, and then my YouTube is kind of all connected there. So if you kind of find me, that's where I'm the most active right now and where I'm sharing the most right now. Um, so you can kind of find me in my other avenues through Instagram right now. But I would love to, um, to say hi to, to more friends and grow that community, so to speak, as you have. And um, I'm just appreciative of, your, of what you have created and how you've inspired me. And I'm um, deeply honored to be able to be here and just talk with you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show and I will leave links to Ashley's Instagram and her YouTube channel in the show notes. That's where you guys can find her. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. I would love if you have not submitted a rating and review for you to jump on over to whatever listening app you're listening on to the podcast and give us a rating and review. It takes about 30 seconds to give us a rating and review, and I would love to hear guys' thoughts and opinions on the show, either this episode that you're listening to or previous episodes. It really helps spread the message of the podcast even further than I ever could. And so your ratings and reviews are very much appreciated. And if you guys haven't yet, head on over to my website, andreamworley.com, where you can find some links and everything to other episodes and show notes. 
On that page, you can also head to the About tab and scroll down where it says Freebies. And I've got a couple different freebies on there that you guys can download right now. One of the freebies on there is a uh, cleaning schedule for the week where you can fill in the blank and customize your cleaning schedule to your needs and keep you really organized uh, for the week. So it's my free gift for you. Check that page periodically for more free stuff, especially for my listeners. Thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the podcast. 